So I have two important things. I don't know which to start with. Ooh, they're important? Uh, reasonably important to me, at least. Okay. First, uh, yesterday was the end of an era. <gasps> I don't know what that means, but it sounds ominous. My longest snap streak ever with someone ended yesterday. Wow. 879 days. Wow. <laughs> Which is close to two and a half years. Yeah. I I don't have a single snap streak going, so wow. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. I think the longest I've ever had is maybe like two weeks. Yeah. I don't know. It was just kind of a thing that just sort of happened and then just we managed to maintain it. Like it's never it was it's never really been talked about directly. Yeah. And it was it their just, it was their fault that it ended. And so they were like, Oh, it oh. ended. I was like, Yep. <laughs> oh, F them. Ruin a good thing. Uh, it's okay. It had to happen eventually. It, it, we were we were so close to a thousand I thought we'd be able to make it, but yeah. It was not it was not to be. Not in the cards. No. So How do you feel about it? Are you sad or Honestly, I was like a little dismayed at first. Like I've had mm-hmm. snap streaks in like the oh, close to 100 with a few different people uh, on a few different occasions. Mhm. And w- one friend in particular who uh, tries to like tries to maintain streaks and mm-hmm. is not good at it. and i think that their attempt at maintain and one point i think we were probably getting close to like 200 or something and then they forgot to send a snapchat because their Mm -hmm. issue the the reason that it worked out with the person where we got to almost 900 is that we don't check snapchat super frequently but when we do and we see that there's one there we respond to it Mm -hmm. versus this other friend who was touch and go with with streaks would like I would see oh I would respond and then they'd open it and then they just wouldn't respond for however many hours until they just responded with just a picture that was not worthy of anything it just they were just like oftentimes it would literally just say streak as in yeah, I'm maintaining the streak it. yeah but they'd have to remember to do that and oftentimes they wouldn't <laughs> and the first time it happened they were like oh I think we can uh, like report to Snapchat that there was an error or something and get it back. And I was like, no, we're not going to do that. That's ridiculous. Like, this is not important enough (laughs) to like do this. Uh, And so I think having that experience and be like, no, like it's, it's a fun novelty. It's cool that it lasted this long and we'll just start up another one now, you know, and, and not talk about it and it'll be, and it'll be what it'll be. It was kind of weird because it was just like a little, especially you get used to having that number mm-hmm. like for two and a half years i'm used to having a number next to their name if i open up snapchat yeah. and i don't snapchat many people it's like i it's probably like three or four people that i ever snapchat on any regular basis enough to get a streak going at all yep uh and so it's just like a almost like a weird habit breaking thing not having it there anymore for the time being 
Yeah, because it's going to take you three days to get it back. Yeah, I know. But that's life. What's item two? It was my birthday last week. Oh, Grant's a crappy friend. Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) If it makes you feel better, Greg didn't text me until 8 o'clock my time, 10 o'clock his time, because he had hung out with Aaron that evening. (laughs) I was about to say that didn't make me feel any better, but it actually kind of does make me feel a little bit better. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's okay. All the people who are important to me said happy birthday, so. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad all the people who are important to you said happy birthday. I'm glad I know my place in your life, Mark. Uh, but yeah, I'm now a super, super interesting 23-year-old. I can now rent cars without additional premiums. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, car rental is typically 23 in most places. Uh-uh. Yep, we've had this discussion multiple times. Yes, we have, and it's 25. Oh, man, you're right. I keep. I don't know why 23 sticks in my head. I have, see, this is like drilled into my memory. Huh. I guess you're right. Because, yeah. Because I've had issues that. I don't even have that. This is an even less important birthday than I thought it would be. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a prime number, though, so that's pretty cool. Those, those that become is pretty far, neat. Those become far less frequent the older you get. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have, wait till... I have six years until my next prime number year. Yeah. Wait. Oh, shoot. You do have six. Dang, I'm not good at math. <laughs> it's okay. I I probably have to deal with prime numbers on a more regular basis than you do. This is the first time I've dealt with prime numbers since, like, maybe freshman year of college. Yeah, I talked about them probably uh, last Thursday. Wednesday okay. or Thursday. You have, an, you have a cheap advantage. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so my family, or I decided to work from home the morning of my birthday. Mm-hmm. And got some Krispy Kreme, and that was good. And then got a free lunch from Panera, and then I had to go teach. But that was pretty Wait, good. Free was, lunch? Well, I had a free. Uh, I'm I'm part of the Panera Rewards program. Oh, okay. And so yeah. I had accrued just normally a free like half sandwich or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. And then. I got a free pastry for my birthday. Okay. So they don't have... I was, like, about to be like, hold up. They got a free, like, lunch on your birthday deal, and I missed it? Nah, free pastry. Now it makes sense. Free pastry, okay. But still good, man. It didn't matter which one you got. So I got the a $5 cookie that's, like, the size of two and a half of their normal chocolate chip cookies. It was great. Yeah, scam the system. I honestly wasn't sure if it was going to work, but it did, so. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that was good, and then I had to teach, Mm -hmm. and that went fine. And then uh, I was really debating. I just really couldn't decide if I felt like, if I felt confident enough in that particular evening to go get a nice-ish dinner somewhere, Mm -hmm. or to just go somewhere quick and easy and not worry about it too much but mm-hmm. i i bit the bullet and decided to go to olive garden 
which which seemed like the perfect the perfect uh um, compromise (laughs) Mm -hmm. in my mind so i sat like in the in the bar area and luckily i had my nook with me so i could just chill out and read while i ate my spaghetti and breadsticks Mm -hmm. it was pretty good do you like sitting in the bar area at restaurants? I mean, typically not, but that's basically where they told me to go as I showed up at 4.30 alone on a Wednesday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could have asked for a table, but like when it's an olive garden, you have to walk, you have to walk so much further and there probably <clears throat> isn't a good table for just one person. Yeah. A- and I've had the opposite issue. I've gone to uh, like for Christmas, I think. When my my mom gets me Red Lobster gift cards for various occasions. Ooh, I need to go to Red Lobster. And when I go there, I'll, like, ask to go to the bar. And sometimes they'll just be like, no, we'll just, like, bring you to this table. That happened once mm-hmm. when they were, like, on a wait and there was space in the bar. But they, like, had the bar as part of the wait list. Yeah. And so they just brought me to a four-person table with four chairs at it surrounded by a bunch of other people and i just had to sit there alone with my with my cheddar bay biscuits and my nook and yeah. hang out which is kind of awkward <laughs> that's always awkward when there's like a wait because it just feels like you're stealing something from others oh yeah i agree that's why i asked to go to the bar <laughs> yeah and there's always people who like give you that look Mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah, so Olive Garden was good. I had a I haven't been there in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was happy that I did. It was a good dinner. Nice. I'm glad you had a good birthday dinner. Oh, thanks. Happy birthday, by the way. <laughs> thanks, Grant. <laughs> 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 Means a lot. <laughs> I don't know if that dug me deeper into a hole or not, but nah, you're same as usual. Okay, I'm fine with that. I know what to expect from you. <laughs> I I think we know each other well enough that hopefully you're not too offended by this. But no, you're you're considerate but forgetful. That's how you are. You know what? I need a. I should put that somewhere. Maybe that needs no resume is a bad place for it. <laughs> Tinder bio. There we go. <laughs> considerate but forgetful. Described on the Comical Start podcast as. <laughs> Described on the nation famous. I think that that's a terrible phrase, nation famous. (laughs) I don't think that one's going to catch on. (laughs) Come on, you're the one who's artful with words. What should I say? (laughs) Critically acclaimed? There doesn't be critical acclaim. (laughs) I was trying to think of something that was like vague enough that it's technically true. Critically critically acclaimed personage Grant Benteen has been described... (laughs) by the media as <laughs> considerate but forgetful <laughs> the podcast comical start which is listened to by an international audience there we go well no it has to be like the the news blurbs on books or about movies yeah you know? considerate but forgetful uh raves podcast comical start <laughs> <laughs> All the buzzwords. Gotta find, some, gotta find someone from the New York Times t- who said those words, and then I can just quote them, even if it wasn't about me. I mean, 
all I need to do is find an author, and they're probably a New York Times bestseller, is my understanding of how that works. <laughs> probably. So, Mark, for this week, your comic Back to BC by John Johnny Hart. So... That phone notification comic? sound was so perfect for this comic. <laughs> was it? Well, awesome. In an ironic way. Okay. <laughs> I suddenly, when I heard that noise, felt very bad and was like, I hope Mark didn't <laughs> notice it or that he didn't. He'll just bleep it out. But I guess not because we're talking about it. So no, that'll just become our new bleep noise from now on. <laughs> <laughs> So for this week, Mark's comic, Back to BC, there's two cavemen. One is wearing an a like one of those like cardboard signs that like has got like words in front and words in back. And it says the inquiring reporter. And he's asking another caveman, What is your occupation? He replies, I'm a caveman. What made you decide to become a caveman, the inquiring reporter asks. One day, a bunch of us apes were sitting around, scratching, and I said, The heck with this. I think I'll become a caveman. (laughs) Neat. So I'm going to ask one of my trademark questions that you won't have a good answer for, but... Oh, f***ing narc. What was that? Nothing. Did you swear, swear so that I know to write it down? I didn't swear. I said f***ing. Well, I'm going to write it down just in case. It's not a dirty word. <laughs> now you're having to ask yourself a a dirty enough word to bleep out on this podcast no all i'm asking myself is it funnier to leave it in as frick or funnier to bleep it out every <laughs> single time so nobody can confirm what you said <laughs> uh you're the perfect kind of asshole mark there's another one <laughs> uh anyway so i wanted to ask you If you've had any sort of, I think the best phrase is like flashes of inspiration. Whether it's to, you know, a flash of inspiration to make some decision or do some, something, start some activity, something like that. If any of the things that you are kind of currently into or have been into in the past were just sort of like a, all of a sudden you were just like, eh, I'm going to do this. If that resonates with you at all. It it does resonate, but as you predicted, I don't have a good answer. <laughs> because I feel like there's lots of things in my life that are that way. Because often that's how I make decisions. Is like something just pops up and I'm just like, nah, let's do it. And then it just kind of, like, becomes a thing. And I think you're asking this question in, like, a positive way of, like, what are 
things that are like now major hobbies of yours or whatever that have come from flashes of inspiration yeah i mean you're welcome to tell me dumb decisions that you've made but that was the original intention uh, no we'll, we'll, we'll stick closer to the original intention okay well one of them that's actually i guess a fairly recent thing that happened is that I think we've talked about this before and I think you're aware but the podcast might not is that uh, at the beginning of college I had a bonsai tree that I loved um, and I had a ton of fun like taking care of the bonsai tree and learning about bonsai trees and like how to correctly take care of them and it was a it was a bit of like um like a high maintenance plant that I got to take care of that was like it was more than just like your average plant where it's like okay I just water it weekly it was more effort than that but but it wasn't as much as like having to take care of an animal or something so it was a fun kind of middle ground for me and after my freshman year of college unfortunately uh my bonsai tree passed away in a very traumatic incident that we won't be getting into this evening but ever since then i've kind of missed it and i've i cuz i really enjoyed having that kind of responsibility and kind of long-term project that it didn't take much of my time very often and so like it was it was a really low key thing but every once in a while i could look at it and just say like yes this is something that i'm doing that is showing progress and accomplishments in my life and i really enjoyed having that and so today I was running some errands and I was driving down the road and on the side of the road, I see this pickup truck parked in like this abandoned little lot and it said Japanese bonsai trees for sale. So, and then some like generic line about exquisite beauty of living creatures or some, I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And so I drove past it because like, I caught it like right as I was next to it and I was like, oh gosh, I got to turn around. So I turned around and I bought a bonsai tree today. Huh. How fortuitous. <laughs> that was, it was a very snap decision and I think I technically made an illegal U-turn, but I didn't get in trouble for it. So I think I'm okay. <laughs> hmm. But that was, I guess, a snap decision that at the moment I'm very excited about. Yeah, Definitely. It was just one of those things where an opportunity presented itself to me. And it's something that, while I call it a snap decision, I don't know if it necessarily was because it's something that I've thought about before and have been like, if I had an opportunity to buy a decent bonsai tree, I would definitely take it up. And Mm -hmm. so I saw an opportunity that maybe could have presented itself to be this and I took it up and it ended up being that. So I guess... I think that's an example of a. I don't even remember what the original question was, but someone. Well, the phrase that I used was "flash of inspiration." I think this counts as much as anything. Yeah, when you use the phrase "flash of inspiration," I, I immediately think of the area of like, in my work and doing science. Like, when have you had a flash of inspiration that influenced the work you were doing or something? But mm-hmm. I like that phrase. It sounds nice. Well, it's sort of, I mean, okay, before I get into that, I need to ask the obvious question, which is how much does a bonsai tree from a pickup truck cost? (laughs) 
I bought the cheapest one. Yeah. Because it it looks pretty rustic and that's what I like. I I wanted to have something that like it's clearly been pruned into a bonsai tree, which is like kind of the first stage of things, which is this, the part that like is hard for me and I don't really know how to do it. So I couldn't just like go to a nursery and like buy some random plant and turn it into a bonsai tree. Mm-hmm. So someone did the job that I couldn't do. So that cost me 15 bucks. Wow, that's pretty good. Which was, it was the cheapest one he had, and that's what I was looking for. Yeah. But I, I could have, I think, on his truck, he had the nicest, he didn't have many, because it was kind of later in the day. I think he'd sold a number of them, but the nicest one that he had, I think, was 200 bucks or something, oh, which was wow. like, I I wouldn't have bought that. Yeah. It was, it was a nice looking bonsai tree, but no way I would have bought it. Just because it, that doesn't fit the reason of why I'm buying a bonsai tree. It's not It's not to have this beautiful art piece and then like desperately trying to maintain it. It's more of the process of at least somewhat creating the art piece myself. Yeah, sure. Which is something that I don't feel like I get to do on a... Like I'm not an artist. I don't get to do art and... That kind of like creative endeavor isn't something that comes easy to me. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of my, I don't know, some of my outlet for those for those artsy feelings that I have of being able to observe something and see how I want it to turn out and trying to make that so. If this podcast is an art, I don't know what is. Then you clearly don't know what art is because... I wouldn't call it. Has it right there in the name, Grant? What? Art is in the name of our podcast. Come Ah, it is. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) No, I I understand what you're saying though. (laughs) That's cool. So, do you often have flashes of brilliance or flashes of inspiration or whatever phrase you use that I'm Inspiration and brilliance are definitely very different. (laughs) 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 Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily often, but I I feel like there are a lot of activities that I come across or get engaged in that feel like that's where they come from. Mm Mm-hmm. Even like, even though like, say writing, which I have done consistently for, or various levels of consistency for a very long time in general, and have done consistently now for, I don't know, over a year on a weekly basis, there are still some times where uh, something kind of pops into my mind or some thing that I want to read up about and then write about that just kind of sticks in my head Mm -hmm. and I just kind of like disappear into that for a short bit it feels like a lot of other stuff that I do is just sort of uh, I don't know it just sort of comes to mind like yeah I think I'm going to do that today while the mood is still with me because if I sit around and think about it too long I'll rationalize myself out of it Mm -hmm. and and I think I've tried to be more 
conscious of when that mood comes and taking advantage of it now that like especially now that I'm out here alone and that's I I don't have external forces getting me to do things (laughs) yeah and so I think it's become a lot more important for me to say oh yeah I think that you know I'm gonna go to the beach today and read and I need to just like while I'm in the mood just get in the car and go drive over there and be okay with being alone for a while out in public in that way uh, mm-hmm. and just take advantage of that feeling because I know that I'll enjoy it once I just get myself there but on any any given day I'd be hard pressed to do that if the mood didn't just kind of like sneak up on me do you ever have those sorts of moments where you like you take advantage of them but they're rather than just being a kind of a a short-term thing like go to the beach for a day like you can accomplish that in a day it being more of like a project that you want to start and you start said project but then kind of the next day when that inspiration or passion about said project isn't there anymore or isn't necessarily there in the way that it was on day one where like the project starts to fall by the wayside do you ever have situations like that happen to you oh all the time i have i would guesstimate i mean i think that most of this for me is probably i'm just going to click through my files uh, just because I'm not as hands-on as you in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. most of those sorts of things fall into things with writing. Okay. And I would say that I have at least three big projects that I would consider something on the order of magnitude of book-length projects Wow! in my mind that I have like started, written a bunch of stuff, or outlined a bunch of stuff, and then it just kind of like... I kind of lost the thread, mm-hmm. not necessarily the motivation, but lost the lost the plot on what exactly it is that I wanted to do or how I could gain from it or what it would contribute to other people or all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um. So I think that, yeah, that, that happens a lot with me and it's mostly with writing. And there are a couple mm-hmm. other things that I could, that I could think about that kind of fit that, but not as strongly. I don't think. So now, do you have things like that that, I guess, are those sorts of projects that now you have eventually finished? I guess eventually what I'm trying to get to... No, 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 these are things that... I was wondering if you were getting there as far as you get inspiration, it leaves, but you want to try and actually keep doing it, even if the initial thing isn't there, which it can't be all the time. Yep. Yeah. You said Uh, that way more succinctly than I could have. (laughs) Uh, I was, I was, we're, our brains are going in the same direction. Yep. Um, so part of it is that, uh, with the sort of yearly themes that I've talked about with Jack and Mikhail, mm-hmm. I've tried to take a much longer look at things and coming to terms with relatively how much time I have in my life to do a lot of these projects. Mm-hmm. that it would be a disservice to try and cram them in and force myself to do them when it's just, it doesn't feel like quite the right time. Yeah. And so I've sort of laid out the sort of stuff that I want to do this year, and I've been focusing on those. And as these sort of different projects have cropped up, I will sort of like take that inspiration to start something 
so that way there's a record of it and that there's some something there but then i have mm-hmm. sort of longer term ideas of like i feel confident that maybe next year i will get back to this thing and maybe that will be the thing that i allow myself to focus on to the exclusion of some other things mm-hmm. um the the one exception which sort of started a while ago is my is my blog which i decided whenever it was I don't remember a year ago, year and a half ago. I could probably find out. Um, where I just sort of told myself, hey, I'm going to write one post a week. And just do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's been a little over a year. I, I uh, started doing it the start of June 2018. Nice. And I think since then I have successfully written one blog post every single week. Congrats. Thanks. And, and so, but that's the main thing that I can think of is like mm-hmm. I, most uh, you know I had this thing that I had set up in college just for my own purposes. Yeah. And a few times the inspiration kind of struck me and I wrote some big long thing and put it on there and maybe even like shared it on Facebook but then I sort of decided you know what I want to do this every week but I don't feel like sharing it every single week like that's not why I want to do this Mm -hmm. and so I cut off the sort of automatic sharing that it had and so I don't think anybody ever reads it ever uh, but like, I don't care cause it's just a thing that I've told myself I'm going to keep doing. Yeah. And it's something that you're doing for you, not necessarily for others. Yeah. And, and like, I write it in a way where I, I, I try and write everything in a way that it won't be embarrassing to me. Like I'm putting it out there. If people want to read it, yeah. they're more than welcome to. And it's there to be read in a certain sense. Like there are some things that I write just for myself and everything that I put out there is meant as like a thing that I think a handful of people might be interested in or might benefit from or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, every week I don't always have some amazing idea or some thing that I'm really motivated to write about. But I say, you know what? Like I just, I, I have things that I think about. I have ideas. I have things that I'm interested in or things that I could explain and so sometimes it's as simple of as, you know, oh, I could just write something about this math topic. You know, like that's an easy thing that I know how to do very quickly. Mm-hmm. And other times, like uh, this weekend, I spent like, cause most of the time I spend less than an hour, probably less than half an hour on writing a lot of these. Yeah. And this weekend I spent like, I don't know, close to two hours writing one. Because it just sort of like, there's a thing that was like, you know, I want to talk about this and I want to talk about it fairly well, you know, and I'm not spending like a whole week doing this, but, you know, I can spend more time than usual. Um, mm-hmm. And so that, that allows for a lot of the outlet of random flashes, but also trying to keep that ongoing project. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have, if not way more, a couple more things that fit this but i think that your personality works better or just the way that your mind works works a bit better for this sort of thing yeah 
and I think I think my my examples are just they're very different from yours and that yeah. yours are more intellectual works where often mine are much more physical works in terms well, of like like yes but also it's not like the things that you're doing aren't intellectual in a way yeah you know yeah but I definitely agree with what you say that I think it's something that really fits with the way that my brain works and or fits with I don't know it's it feels almost more like it's a product of how my brain works the fact that I have so many like unfinished projects yeah because the the idea of like flashes of inspiration is something that happens to me I guess now that we're talking, we've been talking about it for like close to 20 minutes. It's something that happens to me very, very frequently and much less frequently. I try to capitalize on it and then much, much less frequently than that. I think I actually capitalize on it and create something that is useful or valuable to me. Hmm. And so I have, I don't know. It's, it's something that I feel very torn about at times and that I love these kind of flashes of inspiration that I have to start things. And it's super fun when it happens, but at times kind of looking at the projects that I have to do, they, they don't feel like a chore to me, but it feels almost like a, uh, like a piece of evidence of my inability to complete projects hmm. at times, which is hard because I know that with a lot of these projects, when I think of them as like a sign of my inability to complete projects, I say that fully knowing that like no matter how much work I did on the project, I would never be satisfied with it being quote unquote complete. Mm. Okay. Like, I don't know if you're if you're meaning for us to continue moving on, or if you are okay continuing to talk about this thread, because I, I have a good example of this. If that is what yeah, you want, go for otherwise, it. We, like one example that I'm staring at across my apartment right now is the 3D printer that I've built. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I figured. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's sitting on top of my bookshelf, and I'm staring at it, and I have been for weeks. <laughs> Because it's something that, like, it works, or it worked prior to me moving. I, in the now nine months to the, or seven months or whatever since I moved, like, I haven't actually fired it up completely. But, like, it's something that I have a product that works, and I have used it repeatedly. And, like, it's been years since I first started the project. And I, if the goal had been to, make a 3d printer which it was at the time i it's a project that like looking back on it i should mark as like complete in my mind but when i'm looking at it now i'm seeing all these things it's like no i want to do that i want to do that i want to put the electronics in a more professional looking enclosure and i want to replace this part and that part because they're different color of plastic than the other parts and like i see all these these infinite, I guess, tweaks and improvements that I want to put on it before I would call it complete. 
And as I'm staring at it now, I'm kind of noticing that although I don't consider it complete, like, I I don't know. I'm trying to reassess how I'm viewing it at this moment while I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. And that while I wouldn't call it complete just because it's not complete, I shouldn't consider it to not be a success. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely a hard thing. I think that's why, you know, my blog thing has worked out so well is there's no completion and there's not really necessarily much success. It's just kind of a thing. Yeah. I mean, the success is just each week that I keep doing it mm-hmm. versus a lot of other longer. T- I mean, also, that's the same thing with like this podcast and OHAC. It's it's very similar. It's an ongoing thing, and each episode is its own little mini success and mini thing that we completed. Mm-hmm. And especially since now I edit everything, like that's also a little thing for me. It's like, oh yeah, I, I did this thing, I did this task. Yeah. Um, but there's not like an endpoint. We're not, you know, we're not like, you know, live action telling some story that will have some end. We're just doing this thing. Yeah. Uh, and I can tell, uh, or I think that I would agree that the, you know, you want to always sort of improve things and without having some external motivator to be like, no, it's there, there's a level of diminishing returns and good enough. Like, yep. you'll probably just be tweaking things or changing little things for as long as you're capable of doing so, or before you decide and have the disposable income to make like a better one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, don't suggest that, Mark. Don't suggest it. <laughs> but it's the same thing as like people who, uh, I mean, on a much lower level, just build, say, like their own computer. Yeah. You know, you buy the parts and then you can just kind of s- slowly keep upgrading things and slightly changing stuff and doing all these little tweaks. And then eventually it's like, okay, I'm going to do a new one or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the time scale is different, but I assume that the feeling is kind of the same. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah, it's, it's good to always smell the roses, but it's nice to have motivation to keep improving, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, quickly give your comic five minutes. We have Shirley and Son Classics by Jerry Biddle. We have a stern-looking mother, her hands on her hips, saying, I can't believe you two actually thought you could get a trash can to fly. And a boy is pointing accusingly to another boy. The boy pointing also has his other arm in a, in a sling, and he says, Soar like an eagle were his exact words. And the other boy, being accused, said, But I also acknowledged the possibility that it could drop like a rock. And the mother says, well, you could have been killed. And the accused boy says, he should have used the emergency parachute like I told him to. <laughs> and the mother says, no, you should have used your heads. And the accused boy says, we couldn't. We didn't have a helmet. <laughs> Very funny. I like this comic. Uh-uh. I do when I first stumbled upon it, I didn't really have any place to take it, but I liked it, so I chose it. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you have a place to take it now? I think I do. I don't think we have... We probably have time to 
give it the amount of conversation <laughs> the topic actually deserves. But go for it. It got me thinking about the idea of taking calculated risks in your life. Mm. And how like when you take calculated risks that often involves setting up I don't know like contingency plans or whatever to make the risk calculated enough that it's not dangerous you know yeah and so I was just wondering if in your like not daily thought process but in your thought process about your life is that something that you think about or is it just me? Like, do you think about things that are, I don't know, I don't want to say like physic, not necessarily physically dangerous, but things in your life that are just, I guess, a calculated risk. And do you often think about like if decisions are worth making and ways that you can kind of mitigate said risk of those decisions? I don't know, man. I mean, Maybe it's just the stage of my life right now. The most recent uh, calculated risk decisions I have made have to do with driving on the freeway. Yeah. And that's about all that comes to mind. But even then, that's more reaction than anything else. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, to some extent, I guess living where I am right now is a calculated risk. Just because it was found on Craigslist. And it all happened to work out, luckily. But it makes me nervous and more aware of the calculated risk of doing such things on Craigslist in the future. <laughs> what is that? I. What do you mean by well, that? As in, like, you know, okay, all I know about, all I knew about my roommate was just, you know, what we exchanged briefly over email and that we were going to live in this place. But that doesn't tell you anything about things like, you know, whether it's proof of income or consistency in like mm-hmm. how they go about their time or paying bills. Like all the, there's a lot of little things that you don't really think about, especially me where I lived in dorms and I lived with friends who I could rely on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you sign a joint lease and it's, you are both on, like, it's not, it's not a separate thing. If, if like my roommate was like, I'm just not going to pay rent this month. It's like, well, Shoot, no, I have to pay all of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. That Like, those are calculated risks that you take, mm-hmm. whether it's doing it on Craigslist or just in general, finding someone that you don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's the only thing that really comes to mind. No, I think that fits what I was asking. Sweet. I don't really know if I have any place to take it from there. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I, I don't feel like we have time to take it any place from there, which uh, is... That is accurate. <laughs> we, have so, to, yeah. we have to maintain our strict time constraints. That's all right. So, all right. yeah. This was Dope. a wonderful piece of art we made together, Grant. Don't say that crap. I'm proud it's of you. This, <laughs> there's lots of things we can call this, but it's not art. I, I love this <laughs> podcast that we make together, but it's... I don't think it's art <laughs> it's something but not art are you okay with that mark i don't want I'm you to call it art that. again i'm fine it's art okay
It's not art. Stop it. Damn it. Fucking shit.